Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 206 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my now famous co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Hi, guys. This week, we are famously coming at you with the South African Duck Horde edition of the podcast. Unstoppable. What? Uh, enough said. <laughs> South African duck of, of speaking yes. of fowl. Uh-huh. Um, I, at work yes, uh, not yesterday, Wednesday. Uh, I I had to go back to. I've been working out of ITC recently, but I had to go back to the East Hanover site to get some stuff. And uh, on my way there, there was they were doing some maintenance on like a telephone pole or something. So they had like the whole thing coned off the turn to get into work so I, I like did a loop around and I tried to like find another way in and there's a like little bit of road on the jug handle that goes the opposite direction but it just ends in nothing like there's not like a shoulder it's just like that segment of road ends and you can't go back the other way so I do this like really strictly illegal U-turn <laughs> in front of a cop um, and I have to go back around, and I just like I just got to get in behind like, this other know, cop here. And if, if, if he, what if he this, pulls me over, I gotta explain him. Yeah. But what this tells me is that jug handles are just natural features of New Jersey that they build the roads around. The jug handles come first, and then they decide <laughs> what to do with them. That that wouldn't shock me. I've se- you I've seen some intersections in the state that would make you cry. Um, <laughs> And then I, as I'm driving down the Farinella Drive to get to to the work, um, I I pass the front of the building and I see what I think is a turkey, like looking at the the fucking thing trying to get in. And so I park and I'm walking. And I'm like, sure enough, this is a fucking wild turkey. And I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Turkeys are naturally pretty aggressive how do i fight a turkey what's my move right, here go, go for the gobble that's a sensitive spot thank <laughs> thankfully it uh it walked away from i me. too have a foul uh <laughs> foul joke um i was uh coming back from work yesterday well actually when i was going to pick up food too apparently it was too windy for the geese so they were just like okay. sitting in the middle of like uh on this median between the two the two lanes of this uh like just road and the thing the 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 freaking goose was just sitting in the road i'm like we're gonna hit you dude and there were like 20 of them but that's besides the point be more geese just don't give a fuck dude they're just they're like taking a break taking a snooze of course we're coming at you live as always from the red carpet because we're famous i like that Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. mm. So the the joke about us being famous is we did an interview for a school yeah, newspaper. Like <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel good about catch myself. Us, catch us on the next red carpet when Hollywood opens again. <laughs> when the world yeah. opens. So uh, we did we did do an interview for the uh, was it Argo Life? Yes. Is the podcast? It's for uh, some Western. I didn't. West Florida University. Yeah, West Florida University uh, school newspaper. 
the gentleman who hosts Central Florida Film Reviews. We'll give them another plug here. Uh, they're a movie review podcast. Just did their second episode on my favorite movie of all time, The Empire Strikes Back. You can also catch a brief plug for our show at the very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he invited us, invited us on to do uh, an interview for his uh, school's newspaper's podcast, and uh, it went pretty well, I'd say. I think it was a, a good interview, uh, some insight into our background for those of you who might be yeah. new, uh, and we'll uh, we'll plug that more appropriately when we know what's up. Yeah, uh, they're, they run on SoundCloud and Red Circle, but... We uh, while we were on the red carpet, I I was attacked by a gelatinous cube. <laughs> yeah, gelat. I was glad that gelatinous cube came up in this movie. Uh, I was wondering how yeah, much. Yeah, when he kept making jokes about gelatinous cube, I'm like, oh my god, the green cube from For yeah, the this King. This is like this was like any D and D nerd movie right here because there's a lot of references to it. When I was watching this, I'm like, Jake is going to fucking cream his jeans. Dude, I had this. to change jeans like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, we watched Onward, uh, which is a really a sad movie. <laughs> All like it was. Most of the movie oh was God. really sad. What is with Pixar these days oh and trying to make people cry? Like Coco and now this? Like it's too much, Pixar. Yeah. It's too much. It was it was rough. Uh, we'll talk about it more, but uh, I think we all really enjoyed it. it oh, I love this good. movie. Uh, I thought, you know, Pixar does it again. This movie will win an Academy Award for Best Animated <laughs> yeah. Picture. I mean, some of the animation and, was uh, freaking on a point. And I, I loved a lot of the payoffs and jokes there. It, it just, it all worked for me. Yeah. I, and we will I thought it was detail. Right. I may have a little different Uh-oh. opinion, um, but we'll get, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when I see the trolls. Cross that drawbridge. Yeah. Peter is just a grumpy Gus. He's <laughs> like, it Gus. The, uh, mythical creatures shouldn't be acting like this. That's not. How spells work? No, I have. <laughs> Everyone knows the Phoenix gem doesn't bring people back to life. <laughs> <laughs> it's Phoenix down, obviously. Oh, what was? Uh, oh, no, it was like it's like Castlevania when I fucking ripped a fucking new asshole because they had tomatoes in one scene. <laughs> tomatoes are in any salad with tomatoes. <laughs> You're like, I had one major issue with this, and I'm expecting like you know a. Uh, a poignant criticism, but no, he just rails about how there's tomatoes in the fucking farmer market for eight minutes. Just God damn it. It's a new world food. Look, we have very clear records of what vegetable and what vegetation was available in Eastern Europe at the time. And tomato was not one of them. Come on. Um, That's why pizza didn't okay. exist. That's right. And then when pizza came out, it was like many rich people foods, all poor people food that just got bougied up really hard, like lobster. When they were like, yeah, you know, true. lobster was a sea cockroach that melted into sludge <laughs> after a day. Yeah, lobsters were for, lobsters were for prisoners. And they're just like, here you go. Have this monstrosity of a sea crab. <laughs> 
then some guys like I can make some money off of Wait this. And Red Lobster was born. <laughs> the guy who fucking invented the fridge just flipped the entire cuisine on its head. <laughs> Melted into sludge after everything. It's true, they do. Uh, you know what else also melts into sludge after a day? Any Netflix action movie. <laughs> which is why, despite the fact that the Russo brothers are directing and Chris Hemsworth is starring in it, I did not care about Extraction or its three-minute trailer whatsoever. Oh, my God. But it's God. got Life of Pi Kid in it. I don't know if it's from the kids from Life it, of Pi. That, that's not Life no, of Pi Kid. No, but he's brown like Racist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look it up, and it's actually going to be. It also has David Harbour in it. Um, I'm still mad at David Harbour because of Hellboy. Um, I don't think I'll ever forgive him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't spoil my my view of David Harbour with Hellboy. So I my We still need to watch Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. What? Oh right. Yeah. Frankenstein's Monsters Monster. Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't know fucking that's a I, I kinda wanna see that one for the weird factor. That might redeem David Harbour in our eyes. Yeah. Well, I never watched Stranger oh. Things, so like I don't have any loyalty to Hopper as a character. I do. Uh, Your only experience is tied. I'm ads. a ride or die bitch. Hopper all the way. My, my um, my first exposure to him was the Hellboy oh, trailer, I'm sorry. and then subsequently the Hellboy movie. And I was like, and he like he tweeted, he's like, well, not, he wasn't happy with it. He's like, I did the best I could, but. You know, I watched that movie and I watched his performance and I just have to ask, did you? Did you really? Is <laughs> <laughs> that really your best, David Harbour? <laughs> I think he has a very... He's just trying to wrangle your way out of this I, promote, this uh, feature. He has a very narrow, like, uh, like, range of acting. And he does that good. And he did it good in uh, Stranger Things, but... Oh, yeah, it's like all these... Uh, Whenever a Game of Thrones actor is in something else and everyone's like, oh, my God, they're so good in Game of Thrones. And then you watch whatever else it is and you're like, they're not great in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like maybe they just had really good writing. They had really good direction, too. <laughs> they could have just been like, hey, we want yeah. you to this. This will really uh, translate well over screen. And then they do it and the director's right. Yeah. It's like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You watch Kindergarten Cop, and no one's going to accuse Arnold Schwarzenegger of being a good actor. But if you watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day, you know, you're going to be like, hot damn, this guy is fucking I great. Disagree. Because in that role, he could be as robotic as he needed he wanted to be, because that was the I character. I think Kindergarten Cop was one of his <laughs> highlight roles, more so than Terminator. Well, how do you feel about Jingle All the Way? Uh, his number two role. <laughs> and that it was number two And that when he went Turbo Man I mean He really made me feel like he turned into Turbo Man uh, He did fight the big show yeah. in that movie I mean when he When he like I, had the Terminator Makeup on I'm like oh that's just CG And uh, You know practical visual effects And like it was like kind of cheesy, and and it's like I'll be back. I'm like, not, not so what? Just say say things normally, dude. <laughs> but when he's like, when he's like Turbo Man, and he's trying to fight reindeer and Sinbad, 
Uh, <laughs> it, it's really compelling, and he puts on a very good performance. <laughs> Lots of screaming and yelling. You couldn't fuck it. That was a that was a goddamn jug of sarcasm, like fucking from Mulan, where he's like got it on his back. When I remembered how he fought Sinbad, the crazed mailman, I was like, oh yeah, that movie didn't know what it wanted to be. That is like Jamie, Jamie, my son. I am Turbo Man. <laughs> but what well, about the, twins, though? What about twins? Twins. twins. <laughs> I mean, Danny DeVito saves twins, yeah. but like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's not asked to do a whole lot in that movie, and he's okay at being like the fucking like he's a good action star. Like his action scenes are fine, but like any sort of dialogue or acting required, it just kind of falls apart. Um, what about Demolition Man? Which is which is weirdly I that's alone, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. Um, <laughs> Just, so but uh, I see you with the test. Weirdly, weirdly, uh, his bad acting actually made him good in Last Action Hero, because yes. it was all supposed to be like really cheesy <laughs> and over the top. So that's another role that worked to his strengths. <laughs> you just gotta just don't let him talk too much. Um. What were we talking so, about? Oh, extraction. Well, extraction. Uh, extraction, which does not star Arnold Schwarzenegger. Does it feel like pulling teeth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's the plot. Stop me if you've heard any of this before. Uh, Chris Stop. Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is a um, uh, black market mercenary with nothing I to you lose. Said Chris Hemsworth was a black man. <laughs> Gone nothing full tropic lose. thunder. Is hired to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord, but in the murky underworld of weapons dealers and drug traffickers, an already deadly mission approaches the impossible. And there's topical because they talk about the cities being locked down. I don't think it's because of coronavirus, but who knows? I'll shoehorn it in. Um, while you were reading off that description, I was reminded of a episode of Strong Bad Emails about independent movies or indie movies where you can replace all the important nouns in indie rom-coms with generic action movie uh, beats and the descriptions are like exactly the same. (laughs) In the dead of a small Indiana town, (laughs) two lovers find that the journey is the easiest part. Of the the trip or whatever. And then it's like, in the dead of space, two surviving captains find that the aliens are the easiest part of the hyper voyage. It's like... uh, Except he did it better than I did. So I'll share the clip with you guys after. And this triggered that response where I'm just like, all right, take out this, take out underground mafia we'll just replace them all with indie rom-com <laughs> terminology yeah um the movie switches around from fucking mexico to india to bangladesh and in order to capture all these places they just slap the sepia filter yeah. on there and call it a day oh is this like breaking bad orange mexico um it's not quite 
that bad, but it's definitely everything's got a nice amber hue to it. Because Good. sand. <laughs> sand. It's everywhere. Get used to it. Are they trying to like that's a weird one. I don't know why they decided to make this a globe trotting uh thriller like you know, action adventure. Like India and Bangladesh, I can understand because they're kind of close to each other. But Mexico, unless I misunderstood what happened in this trailer, that's like on the other side of the world. <laughs> Only downward facing triangular countries, please. <laughs> I don't know what Bangladesh looks like. There was a point where Chris Hemsworth nah, was it's definitely not a triangle, which I've definitely done before. I'm going back and rewatching the trailer. He's just sitting under the water, thinking about life. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there before. It's uh, it's yeah. downward facing. Okay. It's Fair I enough. wouldn't I wouldn't call it quite triangular, but it's it's got a peninsula on it. Um. So, what is Chris Hemsworth's character like in this trailer? Uh, I'm not a hero. I'm not brave. I'm in it for my money. But then he has a heart of gold because when he can get extracted, but have it has he'd have to leave the kid behind. He doesn't do it. He doesn't. Oh, I thought he just he doesn't do the extraction. No, he well yeah he doesn't get extracted. <laughs> he he stays with the kid to to help oh. save the kid. Yeah, I don't know if they go to. I don't know if they're ever around. in Mexico. All right, maybe I created that because like head. most of the trailer starts off. Maybe maybe they like contact him when he's like in Mexico or something or like on vacation they're like we need to pull you out of retirement I could I could see them going that route be like you're the only man for this job you know okay so you this know sounds India better than anything to me, <laughs> this sounds to me White like man. they have to cross over the border to like a safe region to get there to get to meet with the base or whatever that sounds like if it's two countries if it's just two countries yeah a share a border. It's just two that, countries. That sounds like Better name uh, than one of those. Which Love is two countries. <laughs> which coincidentally is almost the plot of triple triple point or tri- not triple point. What a triple, triple frontier. frontier. Yeah. Well, the plot which, of that was they robbed the drug lord and they. But they had to go across the the a border. Technically, yeah. they're robbing the crime know. lord of his son or something or robbing. Well, they're returning know. the son. Sons They're robbing, robbing themselves of their own of money prison. when they fucking drop it out of a helicopter. This, this is um, this is closer to Taken than it is to Triple Frontier. Except we're on the side of the people taking people. Or no, well, Hopefully. I don't know. No, they, they take no, the people. No, because they took yeah, him first. The good guy yeah. takes the person back. Chris Hemsworth, if this were a Broadway play, they'd lean in close and be like, tonight the role of Liam Neeson will be played by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh, there's no other trailer. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is that they took what you might call as a trip, and in their you know, favorite rocket ship, trip, Little Einsteins. Little Einsteins. <laughs> um, I am, of course, segueing into the most anticipated film of the decade of all time. Uh, really, like yeah. fucking Endgame got nothing on this. I'm talking, of course, about uh, IFC's BBC film C that you want to see. Uh, the Trip to Greece, uh, starring Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. 
This, of course, for anyone in the know about cinema, is the fourth installment of the Trip series in which Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon play fictionalized versions of Steve Coogan and Rob <laughs> Brydon and go on They're a trip. They're the same person? They really seem like they could be mistaken for the same person. They travel around. Strong genes in the British (laughs) British Isles. Um, I believe Steve Coogan is some variety of radio DJ in real life. I'm not sure. I only catch these movies in passing when I turn and I'm like lazing out on the couch on a holiday and my mom has it on the TV. She loves these. I'm doing this for you, Ma. She's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) She's still very much alive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they go around. Healthier than I am. (laughs) (laughs) They go around the destination, have food, have dry, dry, witty conversations, do do reasonable impressions of of uh, famous actors. And have uh, at least in the ones I've seen some for some uh, modicum of of interpersonal drama and introspection mixed in there. It's uh, it is the the Transformers series apparently of fucking dry BBC uh, like not indie movies. I would not call this an indie well, movie. IFC is the independent film channel. So. Oh, then I guess I would. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, this is a fuck. That is an indie. It's a definition I, of an you indie. Know, <laughs> but on the say of the same token, it's the fourth in a series. I got it. This yeah. is supposed to be. This is like it's like a, it's like a yeah, bigger. No, I indie. understand what it's you're like saying. A, yeah. There's a lot of food so, shots I saw. Yes, because that's basically there are like three well, di- there are three types of scenes. They're in the car, they're at a restaurant, or they're in their hotel room and, like, fucking regretting their entire lives. As a man who has been to Greece in the past uh, five years, I will say that most of the appeal is food-based. Like, uh, Athens... Athens is in rough shape, man. Ever since their economy (laughs) collapsed in 2010, it is... It is not looking great, um... It was actually kind of sad to see the city in that state. Um, most of the ruins are preserved, though there is some graffiti on some like ancient like phalons, and it makes me sad to see that. Uh, I would, if you plan to go to Greece, well, first off, don't wait <laughs> this shit out. <laughs> but second off, maybe wait a little bit longer. I'd say give it like another five years for them to. They're on the upswing, but. It's a slow crawl out of the hole that they fell into. Yeah. Mm. Go to Italy instead. Tzatziki. Visit my uh, my aunt and uncle, or my cousins. I was actually supposed to go to Venice this year, but that I don't think that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We were going to go in November, but I don't think that... uh, Well, I don't know, unless it comes back. Well, the virus might be passed in November, but like... (laughs) A, it might come back, and B, Italy's going to have some work to do to well, recover. it'll be less crowded, after. at least. <laughs> I guess so, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of people. In the are. same way, if you go to fucking uh, Disney World after the zombie <laughs> outbreak, it's going to be less crowded. Yeah. It's <laughs> no lines. I just played nine holes on the Riviera, walked right on. <laughs> Although I do want to see Mickey, uh, zombie in a Mickey Mouse hat, a Mickey Mouse co- costume. Oh god, that'd be so funny if the zombie's not like smart enough to take the costume head off, and it like keeps trying to bite people, but it doesn't work because it's got the fucking Mickey Mouse head on. <laughs> That's the fucking cure. You just gotta get. We gotta get the world supply of buckets. We'll just strap them all up. And then we have our own fucking petting zoo, boys. <laughs> Zombie petting zoo. Well, I I think you could turn Awful that into uh, like some sort of labor force. A zombie labor force. I think that's a lot of like wasted energy right there. Can we train them to do low-skill labor jobs or dangerous jobs? Can we make zombies coal miners? I think we'd Somehow. solve a lot of problems if we made zombies coal miners. If you hook them up to a contraption that's like powered by a treadmill... <laughs> and just oh, big, big fucking yeah, hamster, a wheel. hamster wheel, and you can siphon the eternal energy of the plot hole where they don't decay over time. I think that we are uh, on the precipice here, of, like developing an original movie concept. Because, to my knowledge, I can't think of any movie where they've like harnessed the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like we're like, well, like we're post-apocalypse. Like we don't care about that part. Yes, everybody's seen that movie. That's happened. Oh, Everyone's recovered, or they they got a like a real they had a real good response to the zombie yeah. outbreak, and now they just have these zombies, and they, and they use them for medial labor. They have hundreds and <laughs> millions now, I have of a different, zombies. I have a different take across the world. That is, so we've been. I, I know I've thrown out some ideas about a spiritual successor to Ghostbusters. This might be it, where it's the zombie apocalypse, and the dudes just decide, like they're in the middle of it, and they're just like. No, we're going to I'm going to fucking make this work. And they build an energy company out of zombie walking and they they're the ones who rebuild. They start the rebuilding of society and you do it as the like the modern version of a Ghostbusters plot has to be a tech startup because that's the that's yeah. the entrepreneurial story of our time. And I don't that's tough because like how do you segue tech startup stuff into um metaphysical things and the obvious answer would be again ghosts you'd have but like uh, it's already done i don't i feel like uh we have something there if you're a zombie walking power company thing i think the company will be called ze zombie develop yes ze oh my god that's a great title ze (laughs) zombie energy we can get ge to sponsor it (laughs) sponsored by ge hollywood call us we got a good one here ge was failing and (laughs) better living through the dead through the undead original idea please don't steal trademark copyright whatever it's ours we'll sue you that's we'll do it verbally like when steve carell is like i declare bankruptcy or, yeah uh, yeah Scott, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just i declare oh, copyright <laughs> speaking of steve carell i saw a movie on hulu that i think you two should definitely watch and i think everyone listening should watch as well it's called too funny to fail it's a documentary about the dana carvey show oh. and how this show had so many generational comedy talents on it, yet still failed spectacularly. You had Steve Carell, you had Steve Colbert, you had Louis C.K., you had Robert Smigel, you had, of course, Dana Carvey. That's all, yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> that sounds. I, I yeah. love Dana Carvey. I, 
And there's a fucking, there's a bit in there. I won't spoil it, but it's not even like a joke. It's just like an unfortunate circumstance of, it's like situational comedy that's completely unintended. And that's why it's so funny. But when it played, I laughed so hard. I was fucking wheezing. And they show Colbert too, reacting to the clip and he's laughing just as hard as I was. (laughs) I will definitely check that on your recommendation that might be more important than all of these trailers combined today yeah give that give too funny to fail a watch also if you're interested afterwards you can watch the entirety of the dana carvey show also available on uh, hulu um all seven episodes of it or they may have put the eighth on there too uh, that reminds me of craig the bunny oh god so this or what was the bunny thunderstruck what Remember Bunny Thunderstruck or whatever no. on Netflix? Oh, the oh. thing we watched for five minutes before we discovered oh, Voltron, like legendary defender. Fuck that. Yeah, that sucked ass. <laughs> you had done a good job of repressing that memory. I feel bad that I just I fucking <laughs> put that I, back in you. It's not all back. You're fine. It's the fucking like the poo is spilled a little over the toilet, but. It's not all the way on the carpet. Someone so got poo on the outside of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, they took the poo that was in the toilet, put it on the outside of the toilet. <laughs> what? The, like, oh. I don't even know why that fucking gag works for me. It's just so drawn out. It's just the way he says toilet. <laughs> hey, Jake. So, gotta watch Letter uh, if you want to know what the fuck we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. That's another another, another one that's one on, on my list. We have plenty of time now. Um, so it's not a trailer, but it <laughs> is sort of a, a small announcement. Um, I think they're coming out with a bonus episode of Tiger King. Yes, I was going to talk about this. They <clears throat> are bringing Tiger King back by popular demand for one last episode. But it will, if you're a fan of Tiger King, there's a chance that you aren't going to like this episode because it is not... Like, it's obviously not part of the docuseries. They got Joel McHale. They dug up the corpse of Joel McHale, dusted that off, and got him to interview a bunch of people involved in the production. Oh, really? So it would be interesting to hear, like, the crew members' perspective on, you know, getting this footage and stuff, and I'm sure they'll interview the director. They did talk to some of the – he did talk to some of the people, uh, like, from the show, like Jeff and Lauren Lowe and such, Uh, but it's still – Random celebrity interviewing people from Tiger <laughs> King. Sick. All right. Well, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting because we're starting to see we're getting the first sort of tidbits after people, you know, after this has hit the fucking yes. entire country. Here. And that is the focus of a lot of the interview questions is how okay. has the release of this series oh, cool. affected okay. these people? Something like that. Um, also, uh, to get political a little bit, uh, somebody in an in a in one of the I wonder if they were like it was a I think it was a coronavirus press briefing and uh, one of the interviewers uh, asked Trump if he had watched Tiger King <laughs> and asked him about Joe Exotic's case and they're like he got twenty two years and it was a really flimsy investigation <laughs> they're like would you look into that and he's like are you are you recommending a pardon <laughs> 
That would be the it greatest like, conclusion to this saga if Joe Exotic received the presidential <laughs> pardon from Donald J. Trump. And he's like, you could not write a crazy like, ending who, who to is that, that story. Is that Joe Exotic? All right. He laughed about it, and then he's like, "I'll look into it." And then <laughs> and I'm like, Dirt. "No, he gives him the pardon." And then he drops Pence as his oh. running mate for the 2020 election. Oh, my you know, God. You know, I wasn't going to say this, <laughs> but I did see some tension up there on the stage. And, and if he won and Joe Exotic <laughs> was vice president and Dude. then Donald Trump died because he's old and in very poor health. <laughs> at this point, like, <laughs> who I, needs Pence? We, we don't need to, Pence. Like, Pence was there as, like, a safety may- net. For Trump's like a little bit too over the top, and then Pence was supposed to bring him down a little bit. Well, Pence Pence took the backup quarterback job for the guy with two bad yeah. knees, but unfortunately his knees held up for the four years. <laughs> so now it's like, who needs Pence? Pence isn't doing anything. Like he didn't do anything for coronavirus or whatever. Now drop him, pardon Joe Exotic, get wipe his slate clean. Bring tigers into the White House. Make pet, make Joe Exotic. <laughs> make Cub petting great again. <laughs> this is this is dark prophecy right here. This episode may need to be sealed. And, <laughs> this is gonna and, get like, seized by put like, away the Secret Service and like they know too much. <laughs> this is gonna be seized by the fucking the magic the, the FBI is gonna be knocking on my door in about five minutes. Here I predict. <laughs> Fucking race of archmages is like you're gonna destroy the world with this shit. <laughs> Probably, we're casting a spell. And we don't even know it. We're gonna summon a dark future in which Joe Exotic is president of the United States. I think States. the important part is we have to get this idea in front of Trump. If he hears this, there's no way he can say no to this. <laughs> He's like, that's Someone, too funny. <laughs> just, just read, just tweet the fucking episode link at Trump. That's probably the best way to reach him. In yeah. all honestly. Like oh, I, no. I can see Joe Exotic turning Jake. turning uh, Republican from Libertarian. Close enough, whatever. Donald Donald Trump strikes me as the man who will like fucking relentlessly scroll through his mentions on Twitter. <laughs> Jake, this is this will be a very important decision for you today. <laughs> you have so you the like power the, to influence. You have the, the weight future. of the entire timeline on your shoulders, Jake. <laughs> I think I'll have to. You have the power to influence this election. I think I'll have to reach out. You to could him. create a scenario in which Joe Exotic is president of the United States. I think it just might have to be done. All right. <laughs> this is this is scaring and depressing me. I think we need to figure out. We need to move off of this topic. All right. Well. <laughs> I, I guess I will recap once again the the box, uh, office. The box office and uh, oh boy, taking back the crown, Phoenix, Oregon. Plus, <laughs> it's, the it's a re-release. It's a re-release. <laughs> Plus it's our baby, seventy-seven point nine percent, twenty-seven theaters. It's in two more theaters. Why is it in two more theaters? Where are these theaters Texas. opening? <laughs> There ain't no coronavirus down here. We got God and oil on our side. I've got the power of God and oil on my side. Oh, so why does the oh 
It's March 19th. I was like, why does it have the dailies? And it's the last day it was fucking March 19th. If coronavirus comes up to me, I'll, I'll say, go on, get. You're not welcome. Go on, go get. On, get. You leave me and my sweet tea alone. The Texorcist. Have you ever seen the that Texorcist. cartoon? No. It's just the guy with like a big belt buckle, plaid shirt, jeans, and the 10 gallon hat, like in front of a possessed person. He's one hand's holding the belt, the other hand's pointing out. And he's like, Go on, get. <laughs> Did they adapt that into an entire movie, or is just, it was just like a comic? Because that's an image that is the entire joke. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it was like a political cartoon sort of deal. I'll, okay. I'll try to find it. That's fine. Because I could see a very stupid movie studio trying to adapt that into like a a what 90 minute movie like a bare minimum running length movie however there is a game there is a a game the texorcist the story of ray bibba available for 14.99 on steam texorcist oh yeah texorcist did i spell it oh okay i found it the texorcist i mean it looks that looks not bad Rape. Copy. Like a cool bullet yeah. hell kind of game. All right, I I have found it. <laughs> Go on, get. <laughs> oh, the uh, belt buckles in the shape of Texas. That makes it so. There much are better. so many. You'd be surprised <laughs> at how many things in Texas are shaped like the state of Texas. I my, my I have a sister who lives in Texas. I'm well aware. I have a cutting board their, in the shape uh, of Texas. Is it functional? <laughs> I mean, not really, because it's... Kind of. I mean, uh, when you cut on the parts that are wood, yeah. But... <laughs> the, it's a, what is the other part of this composite? It's, it's weird. It's... Well, because there's, there's no... There's only, like, this much room to actually... And I'm showing you guys on Discord, but people at home probably are like, what? There's only about like it's this big only guys like four or five inches of actual cutting space, and the rest is just blank. <laughs> and if what? Because it's in the shape of Texas, so you got like the the bottom part. I understand. So I'm like, well, I can cut garlic down there. Like this. It's like fucking rendering the meat from a duck. There's just not that much yeah. there. <laughs> it's very functional. It's more of an. I think it's more of an art piece than anything, but. It sounds like one of those things you hang on the wall yeah, well, in your cut kitchen. That, the hanging part off because I thought it was a thing. You hang that one, and then you hang the giant metal star. Yes, my my aunt and uncle are from Texas, and they have tons of Texas paraphernalia <laughs> littered throughout their house. Oh, it's it's a, it's a GIF. It didn't didn't link the GIF. If you um, yeah, I think it's a rule in America. If you move outside of a city and you get a thing that is large, if you get a two floor house. That is larger than a certain size. You have to get a metal star to put on your fucking yep. front wall. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> so and it's the, like the it's like uh, <laughs> go on middle get class white Passover. Them. And if my <laughs> uncle is listening to this, I love the cutting board that you got me. It's fantastic. Does your uncle live in Texas? Yeah. Okay. I I just needed to make they sure were, they they were the ones who got me the like, uh, cutting board and whatnot. It'd be odd if they lived in Pennsylvania and got you a Texas-shaped cutting board. Yeah. That'd be kind of strange. I would like a Pennsylvania-shaped cutting board. I feel like that's, that'd be very that's functional. More functional. Yeah. 
That would be perhaps the most functional state you could make a cutting board out of. Well, like cutting boards I wouldn't want. Or like uh, maybe Colorado. Is it Wisconsin? Which one is the one that's separated by the lake? That's uh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Separated not, by Lake Michigan. Yeah, I do not want that. It's not Lake Wisconsin. <laughs> um, I think Colorado would be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming, also a good one. Uh, Arizona would be decent. Any of the four corner states <laughs> would uh, would work pretty California well. just might be a little bit too big, but... <laughs> Just, it's so it's, vertical. It's so narrow. It's better though. than Florida. You want you, can, you want California as like a zipper tag, a zipper tab. <laughs> yeah, that would be the the ideal function for the state. And Florida actually is quite functional as a toilet handle. Well, Florida is also functional as like a dildo. <laughs> Florida shaped dildo would and work out pretty well, I feel. The whole suction cup is where the pan handle is. You turn yeah. it upside down. You can just exactly dead. <laughs> just sit on Fixed it. Fixed in place. <laughs> and give it a good that sit. That bad boy ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking break a cinder block over this oh. bad boy. <laughs> Someone find that gif of Bugs Bunny cutting off Florida from the rest of the country and having it float out to no, sea. No, find the Bugs Bunny gif that got copyrighted by Warner <laughs> Pictures and now it's claimed as their own property. So... Bugs is uh, it's canon that Bugs is a struggling um, uh, sexual deviant. Oh, yes, <laughs> you've got a nice he... man posted there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the stink, <laughs> stinks real good. <laughs> this is what happens when there are no movies in theaters, guys. Yep. This is what you get you instead of the follow. Bad places. I uh, when when this whole thing happened when they closed down the movie theaters, I went to Jake and Peter and like we need to come up with uh, segments to do in place of uh, you know the follow up because there's not going to be any movies. And uh, this is what we came this up with. Happens. Just, just fucking riff on stuff. Posit what states would be most useful for what household objects. And <laughs> thanks for coming to state talk studs. about. Bugs Bunny being a fucking uh, serial predator. <laughs> Not to be confused oh, yeah, with follow up. the serial predator who is uh, <laughs> just a... <laughs> just walks around supermarkets molesting cereal boxes. Carnivore for Cocoa Puffs and Reese's Puffs and all kinds of... I like the booberry. <laughs> or the serial predator who only... Who will steal the first 18 of anything, of any uh, machine item. <laughs> that one. That one was really what? bad, guys. That was, that was a swing in the mess. Serial there. numbers, Fuck Jake. <laughs> so mad at you right now. <laughs> if it's, <laughs> I was like, yeah, serial numbers, but like. Uh, that gave me it's heartburn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're living my life, Jake. You have a taste of Pierre has agony. learned how to weaponize bad jokes. Like, I'm pretty sure we could drop him in Afghanistan and the Taliban would be gone <laughs> in about three weeks. Doesn't even have they don't even have to know Still the language. A better plot than Jurassic World. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> Let's take dinosaurs and put them in Iraq. Have raptors go into caves and sniff out bad boys. 
Yeah, okay, all right. Now I'm just thinking of the fucking the funniest joke in the world. Remember that Monty Python sketch? Yes. Oh, well, I've got to link that to you, Jake, <laughs> so that you can uh, know it. Monty Python, funniest joke in the world. Um, that's a classic skit. It's like five minutes. Go watch it. Take a break okay. from this. Go okay. get a water. Go watch it. Right, and come back. back to us. <laughs> oh, not you. The audience. Oh. We're stuck here. We're... <laughs> We're here. The red forever. carpet has has glue on it. We're trapped. We actually, I have not been able to move my feet for the past, uh, however many minutes we're, the past, uh, yeah, forty five minutes that we've been here. We're it's uh, hurting my knees. We're all victims of our fame. Um, we, I've I've been watching clips from uh, from Monsters vs Aliens and because I my family actually enjoys that movie. I know it was kind of maligned. It wasn't a bad movie by any stretch, but it was less popular. And I've been watching random ass clips and the fucking the general WR monger. Yeah. At one point. Yeah, monger, gotcha. I'm one of his know. lines early on in the movie is he talk he's talking to the giant woman, you know, Garg- gargantua. He's like, Oh, don't cry, honey, it's gonna make my knees hurt. Just like you're just like what? Because it rains and old people's knees hurt when it rains. <laughs> Funny joke. <laughs> um, All right, Aaron Hansen Yoda. It monsters are Zaylis. That's the one where Stephen Colbert is the president, right? Yes. He plays the keyboard. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All crazy with the. He plays keyboard. Axel F from fucking Beverly Hills uh, Cop. Dude. You got it. Yep. He plays that in front of an alien, giant alien robot. And then Seth Rogen is a fucking incomprehensible mass. And he also plays a, a blob movie. He hits on a piece of jello. It's. I like the movie. <laughs> I also. I actually I don't know how I feel about the new Dual Sense controller for the PlayStation Five that was revealed this past week. Yeah, it looks. Um, I don't know. It it looks functionally the same as a PlayStation Four controller, a little more rounded, uh, perhaps. It honestly looks like a like a fan art thing, like a fan concept art of what it would look well, like. Well, there is there is already Rule Thirty Four of it. What? No way. I did not stutter. I don't. Let me let me fucking I find don't it, boys. Need to see dual sense right rule thirty four. Say search off. Uh so um black and white design uh recessed light bar that goes underneath the touchpad, it looks like. I don't know if uh, I haven't seen like a full render, so I don't know if there's like a PS4 style light bar on the back. Uh, the design looks. Uh, no, oh, there is not. not so it's just recessed underneath there. It's still. Uh, that looks like it might be USB C on there, which would be a nice touch. But there's a chance that's still micro B. Um, but yeah, like th- functionally, it looks the same as. 
the, uh, okay. That's enough humanity for one day. Uh, <laughs> functionally, it looks the same as the PS4, just a little more rounded. It's kind of like if you took the Xbox One controller and the DualShock 4 and, like, put them in a blender, this would pop out. Um, I'm still a fan of the DualShock 4. I don't know that I'll be picking any of these up. Well, I mean, when I get the PS5, I'll have the one that comes with it. So we'll we'll see. Maybe I end up liking this a lot, too. But the DualShock 4s, I believe, will be forwards compatible with the PS5. So uh, you'll have your choice of the two. Although uh, some guy from Bethesda, whose name escapes me right now, says that it'll make you forget about the DualShock 4. So... See, but it it's Bethesda, so it'll be fucking uh, buggy. <laughs> Joke about unfinished game here. <laughs> yeah. Um, the catch, Carp and Course, is a new game that's coming out. It was announced. Apparently, it makes catching fish look like a Hitman mission, which I am instantly sold on. So if you like the fish and you like Hitman, this is your game. It looks so dumb. Um, good. Just make a just make another good fishing game like Sega fuck, Bass well, Pro. Sega fucking owns the entirety of fishing games. With that yeah. Sonic fishing part where that was Big a, Cat has Big the Cat was a tech demo for all their fucking fishing line of products because Sega loves, they love their own cross-promotion. They are incestual with that shit. Sega, I mean, Nintendo is too, yeah. but... Uh, but Sega Bass Pro is like the fishing game in arcades, and I believe it was on the Dreamcast as well. Yeah, it was, because it came with the fucking fishing rod controller. Yep, it's a, it's a fucking hit. Sega is... Sega. Yeah. You know, I think that's a... That might be an interesting topic for uh, a another time in an editorial if we talk about Sega's arcade days. Yeah, that could be. Legacy is a is an arcade. Interesting. Producer. You have to do some research into yeah. that. Um, but yeah, that could be an interesting thing to look at. I do still want to like do a redux of uh, the fifth console generation episode we did because there's a lot. We have a lot more experience now, and I feel like we can do a better job covering what, in my opinion, is the most interesting console generation of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, five and six together. I think their stories are inexorably linked. Yes. The video game. Time is a flat circle. Video games. Um, so Amazon's new world MMO has been delayed the coronavirus outbreak claiming yet another victim in the game sphere. Um, it wasn't finished, and the development team has to work from home, and that's slowing things down. So it's been pushed back from its May target release, which I don't know how much do you have left to do on it. I know crunch towards the deadline is like a real big thing in game development, so I guess maybe it shouldn't be a surprise, but... You know, you'd, you'd hope that by April for May release, you'd have it mostly finished. Uh, but it's been pushed back to August 25th launch. Um, 
And uh, that's all we have. All we have on that, really. Um, a game that luckily wasn't uh, too delayed, but is in restricted access. Uh, I think you can only get it right now through like Twitch, like keys or something like that. I don't know how that freaking works, but you can get it through Twitch uh, somehow for free. And it's called Valorant, and people are talking about it and playing it a lot. A lot of streamers are playing it right now, and they're having a lot of fun with it. It's basically like, um, it's, it's basically CS:GO uh, mixed with like Overwatch abilities, and uh, you have like three points that you can capture. I think CS:GO only had two points. Uh, it's like a search and destroy, plant the bomb, defuse the bomb type of game. Uh, and there's like 20, well, there's a max of like 24 rounds, I guess, or 20, 25 rounds. Mm-hmm. First yeah, so by, by CSGO, uh, I think we should clear that up because I'm looking at the site now. Um, it's a, they're trying to tout it as a skill-based uh, high-skill ceiling first-person shooter yeah. game uh, with the addition of character unique abilities. Yeah. So like this... The big like the big title on the website is where precise gunplay matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's what um, CSGO was was uh, a lot about with precise gunplay. You know, really getting those headshots and uh, one of the things that like a lot of streamers, a lot of pros have been doing have been like hugging the walls and trying to get the angles just right. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like how fast can you click the mouse to get the first headshot because the person will die. Uh, it, mm. it's it's kind of interesting. That I think people who like CS:GO will love this game too. Uh, and there's a kind of unique aspect of bringing in abilities that add a little flair to it and bring it up to like the modern age of uh, Overwatch uh, being so popular. So it looked alright. Not my cup of tea personally because I never played CS:GO. But hey, if you're into right. that stuff. It's uh, well, highly this week. I had the big day. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake finally releasing for the PlayStation 4. Two, unsurprisingly, good reviews. Um, it'll be a bit before I get my hands on that because I do not own a PlayStation 4, so I will have to wait for either A, the PS5 to come out and for me to get one, or B, uh, it's make its way over to the PC which I believe there is plans for. So just have to wait out a little bit, but that's out now. If you want to go and watch a gameplay of it, it reviews and decide if you want to spend your money on Final Fantasy VII again, um, you can go do that. It's probably the biggest story in games this week. So this one caught my eye because uh, to get stories now, uh, to in order to have a diverse range of sources and stories. I just go to Google and I search gaming news and I filter by new this week. And uh, I saw this article and resulting mock-up and uh, got my hackles up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so the uh, we talked about this a little while ago, the WHO uh began officially recognizing video game addiction as an official psychological disorder. Um, And so some Canadian gaming website, Online Casino, recently compiled a handful of theories about long-term effects of gaming on the body and compiled 
them into a mock-up of what a future gamer might look like. Now, the inception here is that this person only plays video games fucking 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and, like, you know, fucking some of these things. Like, this is the ultimate fucking OK Boomer article. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, some of this shit is ridiculous. Like, let's see what we got here. Indent in skull from pressure and overuse of headphones. I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. Yep, really uh putting a lot of pressure on my skull. <laughs> I think I think the what highlights this, uh, keep this in mind as you as you listen to these, is that these are each accompanied by a uh a CGI model of like the fucking hunchback in Notre Dame in a fucking two small t shirt and sweatpants. It says future gamer on it. Yeah. He looks like <clears throat> yes, gamers look bad after a while. This is a fucking this is a different species of human yeah. right here. But like the indent in skull is like on the top of the head. That's just not how that works. And it looks like a fucking U shape. Like it looks like a bad like character from fucking reboot. <laughs> yeah, it, and like it, it really bothers me because like if if you even consider console players, I mean console players play with the controller. Sometimes they lay back on the couch. They want to get into a comfortable position where they're not hunched over. Like yeah, and us, we sit, we have nice chairs. We our chair, I have an ergonomic office chair that's designed to you know keep my body in proper yeah. posture. Like it's if I'm uncomfortable, I'm gonna move. We're not all hunched. Like I'm not yeah. gonna sit hunched over my keyboard all day and be like, oh, it's no pain, no gain. I know the people at home can't see me, but this is my gaming posture. Does it look like I'm gonna end up like the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame? Yes, because you play games and look at the headphones. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, you're, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're only my skull is gonna get sunk. You're in. only 25. Your skull doesn't harden until you're 50. <laughs> um, bald patches from lack of sunlight and vitamin D. I'm pretty sure lack of sunlight has no correlation on hair follicles. And I know um, plenty of people who are losing I, their hair. I don't without gaming. <laughs> bloodshot eyes staring at computer slash TV screens. Um, I don't think that's a thing anymore, but also you can just get like gunners or something. If there, are, I mean, some of these like are things to be fair, you know, there are pe- you know, obesity. Yes. If you don't, yes. And rounded shoulders, couch. but, uh, um, hairy ears from lack of air circulation. What? That's a fucking, it's a <laughs> masturbation thing. That's yeah. That's like fucking hairy palms from masturbating. Hunchback, like yes, some people sit with poor posture that can lead to a hunchback and rounded shoulders. Uh, Eczema, eczema, eczema. Okay, that's how you spell that. Stress induced eczema. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. Obese, yeah, if you'd ever move, but I game quite a bit. I also walk between ten and fifteen thousand steps a day and work out three times a week. You can people can do both things. Yeah. <laughs> pale skin from vitamin deficiency. I'm just pale to begin with. That has nothing to do with carpal tunnel syndrome, yes, that can be a thing with any repetitive task. If you work an office job, you're at greater risk for carpal tunnel than you are if you game frequently. 
And um, again, this is another of those things that does happen. But the people who are getting it are fucking Star Trek, not Star Trek players, Starcraft players, yeah. you know, with 600 clicks a minute. PlayStation thumb, repetitive strain injury from excessive use of a controller. <laughs> you got me there. Blisters on fingertips from excessive use of controller or keyboard. I have never once got a blister on my fingertip. From, from a keyboard, no. Or, or, Blisters on your palms from fucking running the yes. the middle joystick on the N64? That happened to me once. I tore the skin off my palm because my the pads of my GameCube controller were gone. I was playing Dragon Ball Z Budokai, and there was one mission where you had to like rotate the sticks very fast. and But that's like, if I had the rubber on there, it never would have happened. Uh-huh. So that, And it goes away. Yes. It's not a chronic condition. Trigger finger, repetitive strain injury. Um, got 25 years on these. They're okay. Uh, varicose veins, result of poor blood flow uh, from sitting down for long periods. I know people who don't play video games have varicose veins. So. That can happen. Sure, like Some of these can happen, but this is just all like generally if you don't take care of your swollen ankles from lack of movement again that can happen to anybody you could be watching doesn't matter if you're playing games or watching days of our lives it'll happen to you if you don't move around whatever jokes on you i have restless leg syndrome so i i don't lack of movement at all um we'll pull up pull up the um i think what they're thinking of is you know pull up the uh, south park world of warcraft guy yeah you all know where he's leaning back on the fucking chair and he's just an amorphous man. <laughs> the comments human. on this article are great. Uh, first off, Richard J. Cox, kill yourself. Um, a guy named Owen agrees with him. Uh, Mike Latorius says, I should really switch to a healthier hobby like gambling. <laughs> um, lots of okay boomers. <laughs> yep. Oh no, I'm on here. Anon. Not my fucking problem with idiots on the future are like that. What the fuck? I don't care. Please kill yourself. <laughs> Peter, uh, this entire article is overdramatic and only written to cause panic. Fuck off with this clickbaity herder video games bad mentality. That's something I could see Peter writing. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I implanted this idea into you guys subconsciously so you'd see this comment. <laughs> I did a whole Inception thing. Uh, Mike Hawk, okay for your monger. Oh, Josh Taylor. <laughs> Journos suffering technophobia and Luddism. Fat men are ten times more handsome than toxic buffed men. <laughs> this is not a this is not a dig on our larger viewers for sure. No, like this is I don't know. This is something else. This is <laughs> Program self-esteem. Oh my god, programmer with maybe the best comment of all time. I could easily choke slam you through space and time using my superior gamer strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at uh, these are some great fucking names out here. We got Pepsi Cola Pussy. I doubt black gamers would look like that. Not even close <laughs> because the the model is white. <laughs> uh, we got huge ass. Where the fuck are we you? have just the n-word it's it's just the n-word i don't know why they don't have a filter on that 
Yeah, I'm surprised they were. The consequence of sound.net would not be the fucking the pinnacle of uh journalistic integrity. Yeah. That's so I funny. just <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. upload that. So that's a that's that's what we've come to. Like that's what people are looking to write stories on. <laughs> the fucking indent in the skull gets me so much. It's like they're not fucking made of clay. They're not babies. <laughs> Literally that happens if you're a baby. Like your headphones don't weigh fifty thousand pounds. <laughs> no. They are engineered to not to not put a lot of pressure on your skull. <laughs> now there was one helpful comment way at the fucking bottom buried here. Uh, because we are just fucking we're scrubs on this on this site, you know. We saw the picture, we read the headline, we went to the fucking source of it. Uh turns out if you read the article, ah, it's it's a little different. Oh, of um, course. Cuz they they're also partially bashing on this thing because um well, let's actually quote from the article cuz I liked it. I I'm this is a Makes me feel better inside to know that these guys are not just uh, parodying, par- par- parodying, um, it's awful shit. Uh, some of these, so I'll quote from the second paragraph here. Some of these symptoms are possible, especially from excessive long-term and serious gaming. More than anything, though, a lot of these issues are a result of not taking care of yourself. Well, something gamers are yeah. capable of doing and many already do. How can you avoid this? As usual, by doing the obvious things, eating healthy foods, drinking water, fixing your posture, taking breaks to stretch and walking outside every once in a while. You know, things video game outlets already tell their readers to do. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the next paragraph goes on to talk about the source and that it is a digital gambling website for, quote, serious players. Yeah. So my dig is not on the offers of this article my dig is on the creators of that mock-up yes uh but yeah like we said <laughs> i opened up uh the stream overlay to, to see how much work i'll have to do and like you can manipulate it so that it fits but for some reason i don't know how to fix this jake is where peter should be peter's where jake should be <laughs> Uh, can you just change the text under our names? Um, I can probably just move the boxes. Um, I'll figure it out. We yeah. Might not even have to work on it, but this is all um, for later. Future. Seeing as we are scrunching the bungle of the internet for uh, just we're look we're looking at articles on a fucking on a new on gaming news comments from. Uh, Gaming casino, was it gambling casino dot bet? <laughs> dot bet. <laughs> dot. Oh man, dot bet. Oh, All yeah, right, well, we we fucking bet on onward here, and it came up snake eyes. Except that's a bad roll, so it came up uh, seven. I don't know. That was a weak transition. I apologize. Came but, up yeah, Yahtzee. I, yeah, we won. Okay, we won. We won actually, with onward. We should play online Yahtzee yeah. at some point. <laughs> Get Yahtzee out on tabletop simulator. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for it. Um, so yeah, Onward. Uh, Onward was a great movie. Uh, Onward. Uh, Onward. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Yeah. It was a good, family-friendly, sad movie. Uh, made me feel feels. Made me want to call my dad. Uh, 
and the cats in the cradle. Oh my god! Yeah, I was watching this. I'm like, if they play cats in the cradle, I'm fucking out. Maybe want to uh, look up that's... what the main character's uh, race was because I that that's not an elf. So yeah, Disney here. I'm I'm really impressed that Disney would uh, take a chance on such an unproven duo as Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. You know, best known as Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation. And uh, the scientist from Spies in Disguise. I believe this is their first Disney project too. No. So. What? All right. So that fucking Jake. rocked my world. Because <laughs> what are you talking about? Jake. What are you doing, Jake? That's the joke. Dot JPEG. So oh, you didn't make it sound like a I joke actually at had all. a real ass misunderstanding <laughs> about this. Like, um, Kurt, are you, I, are you I okay? watched the. In- are, you, are you having a stroke there, buddy? Because they just had a big old movie called Avengers. Yeah, Jake, that's that's the joke. They're best known as Star Lord and Spider Man, but I uh, joked about their other the Mar- fucking in the Disney Marvel series, commonly known as Avengers. Okay, uh, you might have heard of it. No, um, so I spent the entire movie. My brain was doing a really tough job of justifying this. Like, it was working really hard to justify that Barley was played by Jack Black. I thought that Barley was played by Jack Black just because that's the kind of character he would yeah. play. Is like a, a, a rockin' nerd in his cool van. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, this really doesn't sound like Jack Black. He must be doing a great job of voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a 50, 60-year-old guy voicing a 19, 19, 20-year-old, whatever, something like that. Sure. Um, Crazier things have happened. No, I think he might have been like 18 or 19. I I just, you know, if... I'm not crazy. I don't think I'd be crazy for assuming that Jack Black could have, could have been in this kind of a movie no like if the, if they ever made a live action onward yes jack black would have been an appropriate he would have been something some part of this movie like yeah burley does seem like a uh or barley or whatever uh certainly seems like a jack black character i will level with you there what was that will smith movie that came out on netflix bright this did bright so much better yes that's what i was thinking <laughs> like this is what bright you know should have been yeah like they took you mean you don't like the scene where will smith kills a fucking fairy on the front line goes fairy lives don't matter today <laughs> no i didn't i did not i like i did not fairies... care for bad boys and mortar and oral pixies i guess pixies and fairies are kind of close together but they also did a little bit more discriminatory stuff against pixies in this movie too they were just like they're beating oh, they them made up them and biker stuff. gangs yeah um, saying they can't fly, they forgot how to fly. Their ancestors, but, were but then they fly because they fly. fucking Chris, Chris yeah. Pratt's character is oddly right about everything in this movie. Yes, like he rolled really high in charisma. Yeah. I thought that like the emotional climax of this movie was going to be like they will do the thing, they'll follow his way, but it like won't work because you know Quest of Yours just it's just a game, man, and they were going to have that argument. But uh, no, he's uh, right about literally everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he is. Even uh, towards the end, uh, he's like, he's right about it. You think he's wrong, and he's like, no. Turns out, he's right. Ugh. So that just goes to show you, D&D players know everything, and you should listen to them 100% of the time. Not wrong. I mean, 
You're spitting facts. I can't, re- I can't, can't recall a time when I was wrong. Because <laughs> I played D&D so once. Therefore, yeah. D&D player, exactly. 100% right. Hey, mm. <laughs> uh, Before we talk about the movie, talk about spoilers and all that jazz, um, I did say at the beginning that I was not as much a fan of this movie as the other two are my other two co-hosts here. Um, I don't know when I, it not a bad movie by any means. I just, I felt like the, the grease on the wheels to me was not there. Um, it, it just felt very, uh, in some places, not very mechanical. It just felt a little mechanical, like take part a and put it into sloppy, take plot element here pay off at this point and pr- proceed to uh, develop character. I mean, t- 10%. Yes, it is. It follows the classic Pixar formula to the degree that all Pixar movies follow the classic Pixar formula. So you are not surprised if you've seen any Pixar movie about the general beats, like the details of, of, you know, like what dramatic moment and falling action are, vary from movie to movie uh but yes it does follow the pixar general story arc um except so it may it may just be that i haven't seen a pixar movie in a long time except that the there's no real clear antagonistic force for most of it yeah, yeah um i guess yeah the, the the dragon the, the step end, but... the stepdad was like I guess the antagonist, but he really isn't all that antagonistic. He comes up to to stymie their progress at one point, but really, it was a, it's an interesting movie because it's not draw. It's not driven by like a conflict so much as it is driven by a want. Um, right. But as long as the I characters are good enough and the want is strong enough. That can drive a movie's plot forward just as well as like a conflict. If anything, the antagonist of the movie seemed like it was time. It was the, the only thing that was yeah, consistently man, working against them was time. Man versus nature yeah. sort of thing. And man versus man to a little bit because uh, Tom Holland's character had to overcome his own, you know, doubts and, and hang ups about, you know, believing in magic and I stuff. Like- I liked the character development a lot in this movie. I think they did a really good job at uh, sending this kid who is definitely in some pivotal years in his life uh, through some stuff. Now, do elves age differently? Yes. Should he have been? They live thousands of years. A right? little baby. Yeah, probably. Well, hold on. I, we discussed this when we talked about the Mandalorian. Just because yeah, a species their, is longevity doesn't mean that they take an additional long time to reach maturity. That was Peter's main gripe with the baby Yoda being 50 years old because you're like, what kind of species is fucking that incapable for that long? Tortoises live for 200 years, but they get to be an adult in like five. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know about elves. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll Google it. It's always on Google genealogy of elves here uh but yeah this is it's a nice movie i think um it it limited it's it limits the scope quite well i think um you have this spectacular and fantastical world but it's really a story about two brothers who want to see their dad again 
Um, and it's a, it's an emotional story, and I I do think the characters develop quite nicely over the the length of the movie. And uh, you know, even though Chris Pratt's character doesn't change too much in attitude, he does have an experience. He, he has some emotional experiences that kind of you know provide his character some levity. So would I recommend it? Yeah, sure. Yes, this is a great family movie to watch with your kids on quarantine. It's free on Disney Plus. So for even if you just want to watch Onward for six ninety nine, you can watch fucking Onward, which is an incredible deal. The movie itself looks beautiful, especially I have a four K HDR television set, and the movie looked fucking amazing uh, on my TV. And uh, yeah. You sit sit down with your kids, have a good cry, have a good family cry, and you know, chow the rap just the other day. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about spoilers. Uh, Spoiler. So if you have not seen Onward and you wish to see Onward, you can pause this, hop on Disney Plus, watch Onward, come back for the rest of the review here. Um, I just want to say this off the top. Where my favorite part of the movie is when Tom Holland uses the arcane mystical art of the Jersey Slide. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a pathway to to off-ramp some would consider unnatural. (laughs) It's not something most driver's ed teachers would tell you about. (laughs) But that was my favorite part of the movie where it's like, we're never going to make any. You just like fucking merges over four lanes. I'm like, he did the Jersey slide. Cars align to just make it perfect. It is. It's great. Teach you, teach you, I'll teach you. If anything, this movie did a great job at teaching you how to drive. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I I knew it was coming, too. When he looked at his list and I saw what was on the list, I saw the emotional, like, realization coming where I'm like, yeah, he's having a walk with his dad. You know, he's doing all this stuff with his dad. Like, he's getting to do everything he wants to do. And I, I noted that. And when he was checking the things off at the end, I'm like, aha, called it. I don't know why I feel so smug and superior when I call the outcomes of a fucking children's movie, but I do. Well, well the whole point was not that he did it with his dad, but he did it with his brother, who was his father figure growing up. Yes, yeah. but yeah. still, he did technically do those things. With but that's not why he was checking you them know off. What he did, you know what he didn't fucking check off that I really wish they had checked off? Like, all right, so... He said, invite people to the party. Yeah. Right? Technically, he did. Now, he just back that way. Yeah, he did, and he just didn't have it. But then he was he was fixing all those things, and he was becoming better as a guy, but he never checked that off. I felt what he... And I, I feel it was a missed opportunity. I don't know how well this would have translated into other languages, but he should have taken all the people he met on the journey... And they would have at least played some part in the final battle against the cursed dragon, and he would have invited them into his party. Ah, uh, yeah, you get what I, I'm saying. I gotcha. okay. Yeah. Well, he did. He, the Manticore and his mom joined his his party I thought, against. The, I thought uh, that's where this was going to. Like they were going to collect people and make a party along the way. Like I thought the Manticore was going to join them. Um, well, she did at the end. This, well, yeah, but I mean, for most of the journey, I thought. Yeah. The Manticore was going to be with them, but... It was like a setup for like a Blues Brothers-esque ending. Not in like a comedic way, but in a everyone's just fucking piling into the end oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Sort of madcap come that, to the yeah. end. 
That, that way you I can liked still it. have the 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 brother duo heart to heart along the way, you know, where they where they laugh and they they do all these things, and he realizes at the end that that you know he was that father figure to him. Uh, but still have the importance of the characters awful. along the way. Because, like, yeah, the, the Pixies were kind of jerks, but, like, they didn't really matter too much to the plot. I kind of want to rewrite this ending in more in line with the Blues Brothers. <laughs> so here's just quick, just a quick little short treatment here, right? So there's the rubble that the dragon's causing and all that jazz. Um have the final shot be everyone's there they're at they're at the school and they're all like fucking they're trying to get to the to barley and the phoenix gem but in the battle like the wreckage has like blocked it off and like blues brothers everyone's like banging at the doors <laughs> and you get those five minutes yeah of of you know where he's with his dad and i don't know i would write it so he like jumps off the cliff or he like escapes down the cliff so when the the rubble finally comes down they're like Where'd he go? I was really hoping for most of this movie that there was going to be some bullshit where they would get to, like, you know, keep their dad around. But, well, no. <laughs> I was kind of upset well, because, like, if he casts a spell a second time, shouldn't that mean the upper part of his dad's body should be just around? Be there for, be a, there day. for a day. Yeah. It's like, you know, I feel like there should have been more instruction that two Phoenix gems are required for the spell, not just one. Um, but maybe that is. Well, I don't. He I don't know if it was. Yeah, I think it was because he didn't maintain his focus. Yeah, uh, he, like yeah. He, he was very inexperienced. I think had he been, had he started the film at the point he ended it, he would have been able to cast the spell with one phoenix gem without yeah. any incident. My, this isn't a gripe that I had during the movie. This is a gripe I had afterwards, where I'm just starting to nitpick all the shit. <laughs> This is my this is my this is a nitpick post posthumous nitpick for this movie. I how fucking we for... go ahead. What? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I was just gonna say that I, I liked uh, how they paid off, uh, like even like little shit in the beginning, like the fucking mom's workout. Like as soon as she grabbed the sword, I'm like, oh, please tell me she's gonna do her fucking Pilates workout moves to slay oh, yeah. this fucking dragon. And sure enough, she does go up there. Julia Louis Dreyfus fucking killed it in this movie. Yeah. Like yep. so good. Yeah, she was great. She was very good. I, I I was like a little taken aback by that when she started running with the sword. I was like, oh damn, all right, cool. Nice. And she's doing her fucking thing. I was like laughing my ass off in the middle of like, you know, holding back tears because there was emotional climax right before there. Laughing my ass off. Oh, that's it's slapping. I heard it slapping too, Jake. Well, you, uh, I guess if you're, you're la- like, you slap your knee, you slap your ass. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, she had a lot to slap. That was an unreasonably thick yeah, that elf. Was, that mom had some cake. <laughs> Not a fan of the short haircut. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't Me it. neither, but, but that cake, though. I wish it was my birthday. Oh, wait. It is tomorrow. Reluctantly crouched. <laughs> hey Yeah, wish everyone Jake a happy birthday yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, we should do it. Um, so my nitpick with this movie. How, how fuck they all forget about magic? I mean, not to say, not to, it's like, whatever, fine. It's old. It's out of date. It's whatever. But there's still fucking Amish people in, in, in America. Well, how come perhaps there, there ain't no magical Ammonites, Amish. Perhaps there were. 
I, like, we I just could didn't see, see that. Maybe. Like, traditionalist. The dad went to a fucking commune in college, and he's just like, I went out to a magic hippie commune where they gave me my own staff. I did a whole fucking quest. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see I being magical like, weed. like traditionalist around the world. Um, it's just like, in this part of the world, in this area, it was just like, well, technology is just more convenient yeah. and easier it's for not- people. Like yeah, like they said, it's not that I think they did a good job of world building where it's like, you know, it's not that people forgot how to do magic. It's just that people invented easier ways to accomplish the things that magic accomplished. Because um, like instead of every household needs to have a wizard to survive, you can be like, here's a fucking light bulb. Here's a fucking gas <laughs> stove. Yeah. Like I thought I thought it was much better world building than uh, that other movie that kind of tried to do the same concept <laughs> on Netflix. I break. I break. Instead of I robot. Yeah. Max Landis. Um, so we should talk about sort of the plot of this movie, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Okay. So, um, um, so the the two brothers uh, lost their dad. Uh, so I guess. Uh, the mother was pregnant with the uh, the younger brother Ian, uh, while their dad was sick, and their dad ended up passing away, maybe around the time that Ian was born, or just before, or just after. Before he was able to form him. Yeah, before he was able to to meet him. Sick dad dies. So, I've never heard that in a movie sick before. Sick dad dies. Uh, the older brother only has a few memories. He had four memories, in fact. Just a couple of them. Just of tapping his shoe, of what he looked like sometimes, and then the the, the him dying. The really sad one at the end. Yeah, the really <laughs> sad one that he opened up and, and did the heart-to-heart right. heart with his brother about how he never got to say goodbye because... He didn't he look scared. like his dad. He was he was afraid. He was scared of of looking at his dad hooked up to all those tubes, and and that's a very uh, that's a that's a real image. I, mean, I and feel like a, a lot yeah. of us can, relatable. can relate to that. And you don't want to see somebody who you love and who you admire uh, in that state. And it, it's a it's a daunting moment. So a two or three year old put in that situation, I could totally understand. Just like running and. Uh, not wanting to be there. Uh, but that was good character development because he made that vow to himself that he was never going to be afraid. And he kind of does have that uh, uh, persona throughout the movie where he's the brave one and he's he's ready to do anything unless it's the manticore where he, then he's like groveling. I thought that was kind of odd. Well, I think that was I think it was just I think he was hamming it up a little bit too. Uh and he was, yeah, respect. I think he had put a lot of stuff. But it also should be said that uh, they play like a, a spin on D&D. There's a game like D&D in the world, but it's based off of historical uh, stuff in that world, which I think was a really, really cool uh, construct in that movie. Where Yeah, it, it allows for... It's a, it's a bit of like a... Almost like a MacGuffin. Well, I guess the Phoenix Gem is more of the MacGuffin, but it, it's kind of like a, a a plot device that allows Chris Pratt to have all this arcade knowledge that he can just give yeah. to Tom Holland. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for this game, if it wasn't for this game, he wouldn't know all the spells, and it wouldn't be able to teach Ian, who's the more magically gifted one, uh, to use magic and where to go and all this jazz. So, uh, 
Remind me, Jake, which discipline of magic is the one where you're just innately born with it? Is it sorcery? Yes. Because there's warlocks, sorcerers, wizards. It could be it like, could be a wizard or sorcerer. I thought wizards they had to they had to be learned. Yeah, they they they, 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 they do they do teach shit. themselves. So it's maybe sorcery. They uh, need midichlorians in order to do the magic, Peter. Um. That's right. Yeah, because the wizards are all about like writing down spells. I haven't really done too much with sorcery, but I know. I think sorcery is either like you just you're just yeah. born in a magical place. You got magic in your blood. It very well could be that. Um, I think if you also fuck a dragon, if you're born like from a dragon, you get that naturally. Yeah, be- <laughs> um, or if you contract with yes, a patron, that's a warlock. But that's more that's of a warlock. That's, yeah. that's a warlock. And then you learn Eldritch Blast. Eldritch That's Blast. all I know. Warlock yeah, is... there's Warlock who contracts with a with a with a patron of of like more usually demon side, um, mm. and then there's like things like paladins and druids who usually get their magic from uh, a god or nature, uh, some some sort of like that. Uh, paladins and clerics get it from like a religious god, and they get their powers granted through them. And then uh, druids. Any sort of like nature gods will give to them. Oh yeah, but it's cool like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so so Chris Pratt gives all this knowledge to Ian when he finds out that his brother is the more magically gifted one, and they end up. So we should say also it it starts off on Ian's sixteenth birthday, and their mom is supposed to give them a gift from their dead dad uh, when they are both of age. And it's a, a wizard staff, and it's got a phoenix gem with it. And he found a spell that is called the visitation spell that would bring him back from the dead for one day uh, to see his kids. Because he knew he was dying. Uh, he knew he wouldn't be able to see what his kids grow up to be, and he wanted to see that. So they perform the visitation spell. It fails because Ian is not learned in the, in the arts, now- which sucks, but... I feel mm-hmm. like he should have. Uh, there should have been more planning into that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, find I also a think. The, yeah, the pop, the dad should have also maybe put in a note that's like, if it's all right if it doesn't work. Like, I kind of want to see you guys. This sucks. Yeah. I'm dead. But uh, don't don't like absolutely kill yourselves over this one if it doesn't work. I know like none of you actually know how to do magic. I just got. I just sort of gambled on this one. Yeah. No pressure, guys. Yeah, that was, that's kind of an odd one that he wouldn't uh, consider that that maybe they wouldn't be able to perform the spell. Like that's a fucking dad with a like. I get it. He's got a lot of faith in his kids. He's got a lot of faith in his kids. So this brings up a, an interesting point. I wonder how many people in this universe are like born with the gift of magic, and if Ian has it. I just feel like there should be more people who have it. And then I'm just like, I feel like people like that would be, uh, you know, tried well, to recognize. And then there's a special place for them because it seemed like so, Ian learned it relatively quickly. Well, yeah, but the thing is, Ian had the gift presumably his entire life, but yeah. there was no impetus for him to like cultivate it. They didn't really go into it too much in like the aftermath of like how society has been affected by the reintroduction of magic. But I think we can safely assume that there would be 
you know, more people discovering that they too have magical abilities and learning Onward, to use their magic. Onward to well, it turns into like also, 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 like it's pretty clearly established that in order to do any magic, literally every wizard needed their fucking staff. Yeah, yeah that's true. You never see a wizard without their staff, and that it is presumably hard to come by. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. But you could just break up a staff into multiple components. <laughs> and enlarge them, Seems yeah. like. I'm sure it was just one fucking magical tree that they just spliced like a, like a goddamn apple orchard. <laughs> and just, we're just going to keep so growing this actually, one. So we'll actually, um, in D&D, uh, usually it's enchantments uh, that work on stuff like that. Uh, there are some innately magical items, but... I'm sure something got enchanted somehow. Yeah. Using so they go on the quest for the Phoenix Gem. They meet the Manticore, and basically it's just Tom Hall and Ian's reluctant to listen to Burley uh, about anything. And then he always ends up being right. And they find the Phoenix Gem, but there's a curse, creates a rock dragon. Um, and then the Manticore and their mom come to help stop the rock dragon and they they manage to stop it but ian doesn't get a chance to have any time with his dad uh but uh burley gets to finally say goodbye and their dad says that very proud of the people they've become and uh it's a touching moment yeah it was actually very um interesting at this point when you kind of look back and see that burley uh he cared that like the dad was back but it, he wasn't as excited as Ian was. Ian was always like planning on what he wanted to do with his dad. He wanted to do all these different things with him. But, you know, Burley was just like, I want to show him my car, the van that I built. He's like, I, Which he, he sacrifices to uh, fort the police. And yeah. <laughs> a strangely emotional scene. <laughs> <laughs> the Pride of the Valkyrie playing. Or at least yeah. that one. Um, and then. It turns out in the end that it, it kind of like gives us a little switcheroo where the person who most mostly needs to talk to the dad is Burley, and Ian has always had that father figure his entire yeah, which life. Which I kind of saw coming at the beginning. I'm like, you know, there is a certain now. I don't know a lot of people who've lost their fathers. Let's preface this with that, but. For the people I do know, it's not entire. It's not the same longing and desire to see them again as someone who has lost them in during their conscious lifetime. There's an urge of there's there's an air of I want to find out who this person was. It's yeah. a mystery to me. Yeah. It's a it's a piece of myself that I want to unlock. It's not someone I love died and I need I want to fucking say my last respects to them before they leave me forever. Yeah. It's a it's a different dynamic, so it made it did make a lot of sense to me. It's like mm-hmm. I don't really need to see him. Yeah, and like it's it's a He's symbol not. of regret for him of the person who he was and has worked hard to not be. You know, like yeah. saying goodbye, not not saying goodbye. Like um, I know personally when I lost my cousin last year. Uh, ironically, the last words I ever said to him were goodbye but not in the context of mm-hmm. I'm never going to see you again right so 
like it's, it's it's something it's something that it hits you different you. like i Always. you know like i never yeah. got a chance to like say you know like i love you man and stuff like that it's just a random like goodbye i'll see you in a month or two mm-hmm. and i did but not in the way that i wanted to you know what i mean yeah yeah so there's that that um, longing to that closure that pe- people were we crave that closure and uh when, when you don't get it it's it sucks, and uh, I definitely think we saw that in Burley when he regretted not saying goodbye, and he really wanted that. So, yeah, I felt uh, that it was it was a, a good. I liked the the ending and where they left off with that that dad story, and it was it was important because they didn't do the whole uh, weird magic shenanigans. We're like, oh, he's back forever now, you know? He, yeah, and they kind of. They they kind of uh, not foreshadowed, but they they told the audience like we're not going to do anything like that because the mom already has an established relationship with somebody else, and you know time has moved on, and this person doesn't belong in this universe or in this lifetime. You know mm-hmm. he, he's supposed to be dead. It's really also, really fucking morbid, but they didn't. It wasn't a whole quest to like bring dad back to life. It was just. One day. Yeah. Also, like, uh, if he's back forever, you're dipping into the uh, unsavory pool of necromancy (laughs) and the implications thereof in the universe. So, I mean, they did what they had to do. I think they did a good job with it. Um, So, yeah, I think what afterlife was like. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I think that this is a good movie to watch with your family if you're all quarantined together. I think everyone, yeah. all, there's something in there for for people of all ages, and uh, it's a very emotional thing, especially if you have lost someone close to you, as most people have. Um, you know, it'll resonate with you just that much more. Uh, be sure to check out. Uh, SaturnStuds.com for all our other stuff and uh, social media at Studs Saturn or on Twitter and Facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs. Uh, live stream tonight around 8 p.m. Not quite sure what we're doing yet, but we'll figure that out. And uh, keep your eyes on our Twitter or Facebook to figure out what that's going to be. Um, uh, do I have anything else to say? Oh, yeah, you can support the show by donating. The link to that will always be in the description. Don't feel any obligation to donate, especially in these times. If you are struggling in any way, uh, please, you know, take care of yourselves. Make sure that you're uh, hanging hanging in there through this. I can order my little Caesars. It's all good, guys. <laughs> yes, we're going to be okay. Um, but until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Bye-bye.